Hi, this is Sarah Jenner, and this is another episode of Noble Leaders Having No Bull Conversations. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Carolyn Chapman, an organizational health consultant with Great West Life. Carolyn, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. Oh, good. I've known Carolyn for um, about a year and a half now. Carolyn was part of our pilot project for the Mindful Leader Certification Program, and now she also helps me co-facilitate in Edmonton, working on her application of knowledge so she can receive certification as well. So, Carolyn, the first question I want to ask you today, because we're here talking about noble leaders, I want to know what is the most noble thing a leader has ever done for you? Well, you know, Sarah, I've been lucky that I've had, you know, a couple different uh, wonderful leaders in my experience. So I think one of the things that comes to mind is, uh, you know, a leader who has empowered me, mm -hmm. let me make some mistakes. Mm hmm. Um, brought me into solution building and treated me like a partner. So I really felt um, validated for my own knowledge and that I, I could contribute value to the conversation. So um, I think that's probably one of the, the things that I took away that, um, and it, I brought it to other roles where I was in a leadership position. Uh, to try to convey that as well. And it's like such simple things, right, that you think about that leaders can do. And I always talk about how um, every time I ask this question in a group, it's never someone saying, oh, my leader took me on a trip somewhere or they gave me a $500 bonus. It's always those little things that only cost a leader time um, and maybe some energy. But it is reminding people about... Um, the amount of confidence you have in them and their abilities and coaching them and mentoring them so that then they eventually feel that way too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so the next question I had is for you, what's the biggest challenge you faced as a leader? Oh boy. Well, how much time do you have, yeah. Sarah? <laughs> There's been many to choose from. I think, um, you know, when I think about this, one of the things I that really sticks out for me is I've had the experience of going into a couple of different teams throughout my my leadership uh, experience where I wasn't the expert mm -hmm. in the the functional role of that team. So I came in as as a leader, but you know I had never maybe done the job of the individual. so I wasn't mm -hmm. I wasn't that expert. Um, and which I had can to, be so daunting, oh, right? It's it's, it's terrifying yeah and um, you know, leading a team of experts, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that having that vulnerability to admit mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not the expert, I, I'm not in this role because I know how to do your job better than you do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to lean on you to teach me how you do your job. And I'm going to be here to support you and to, you know, help you know, clear any barriers that are in your way, yeah. you know, and, and help you be able to do your job well. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that was a, that was a bit of a shift, you know, cause a lot of times you move into a leadership role because you are good at that job. Yeah. You know, so that was, that was scary, but it was great. And, and people were very helpful, you know, in wanting to show me how they did their jobs mm -hmm. so that I could understand and help guide them. Yeah. And we've talked about this earlier that, that, being able to walk into a room with that vulnerability and saying to them like, hey, you know more than I do. And so I want to learn from you could just like immediately reduce that power, that power differential and let people know like, 
I want to be your colleague. I want to be your coworker. Yes, I am your leader, but I also want to be here to learn from you because I can grow as an individual. And then I think it makes it safe for them to know I can make mistakes and I can still grow as well. That this isn't this isn't the um, the ending point for me as an employee. So going into that conversation with those staff, did you have any second guesses? Like, did you have anyone say to you, I don't know if that's a good idea to tell them that and kind of try and stop you? Um, I don't, not really. I think my own internal critic mm-hmm. was probably the harshest one. Yeah. Because, you know, I think going into that type of a situation, um, you can feel like I. Uh, you should not portray yourself as not knowing, you know, mm-hmm. maybe because you you want people to feel that that you were chosen to be the leader of that that group for a reason and that, yeah. you know, they're um, they're in good hands, you know, mm-hmm. that they want to, you want them to feel confident in your leadership, um, you know, but at the same time, I think it would just be, you know, inconsiderate to, to think that, um, I would just walk into a job and, and know everything that took many people years to learn. Yeah. So no, I think it was, it's, it's probably a lot of people have uh, that negative self-talk or paranoia around, mm-hmm. um, around that. And maybe it, it puts them in a position where they, they pretend that they yeah. know more than they do. And that's very transparent. <laughs> yeah. And I think even more dangerous yes. than just being honest, right? Because then these staff can test you on it, right? And call you out on it. And then you you just lose your credibility from the beginning. They're not going to trust you. And I think that that's often found in those leaders that want compliance rather than commitment from their staff. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. I think it's something that can probably resonate with a lot of leaders that are starting a new role and maybe it's in a new organization and they know going into it that some employees may kind of want to push the boundaries a little. And I think this is a great way from the very beginning to kind of um, just relieve any of those, any of that, those individuals who want to try and test your knowledge by saying like, Hey, I know I don't have as much knowledge as you and I'm calling it out right now, but I do want to learn. So that's an amazing strategy to use. So what's been the greatest lesson you've learned as a leader and how did it make you a better leader? I think that that I don't have to come up with all the solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be a bit of a, a fixer. <laughs> I, you know, I like to get from point A to point B very quickly. And that mm-hmm. sometimes can create challenges because yeah. it loses that component we were just talking about, about bringing people into that conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's taking a step back and, you know, engaging your team to help build solutions because also as an individual, you're not necessarily going to be coming up with the best solution Mm -hmm. always. Um, You know, but also going in and, you know, if you're having that discussion, respecting that uh, people's knowledge and that they're, you don't want them to feel like you're leading them down a path either. I've been in meetings before where uh, perhaps the leader or the person guiding that discussion knew where they wanted to go the whole time. And you're really just following their breadcrumbs all the way And it feels like manipulation a little bit. It does. So, you know, I think it's fine going in and having some ideas, but using it as an opportunity to contribute to the conversation Mm -hmm. and coming together as a group, uh, you know, with that that piece. So um, that was probably a 
a lesson for me uh, is to not necessarily jump to what I think is a fast fix. I'll quick, I'll fix this quickly and we can move on. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, let's engage everyone and, and make sure everybody's committed to the outcome. Yeah. I would, I would say that that's, was definitely one of my um, challenges as a leader is being the fixer. And I can remember having staff who uh, didn't necessarily work in the office with me, but that when I would give them tasks, if they couldn't immediately accomplish it and they sent it back to me, I was just that person that was like, it's okay, I'll just do it. Because in my mind, I'm thinking it'll be quicker for me to do it anyways. Like I know it'll take time out of my day and I'll have to stop this task that I'm working on, but it's going to be faster than me calling and walking them through it or typing it up in an email and sending it to them, Um, which is awful as a leader to do to someone right because yes. then it's stunting their growth they don't have the opportunity to learn how to do it in the future and then I could have very well been making them feel very incompetent and as if they weren't valued and so that's something um, that's a heavy weight I've carried for a while and that I'm really trying to work on because I think that Yes, in the moment, it may have taken less time, but if I had just taken those extra moments to show them how to do it or to be very clear about my expectations of them on a specific task, then it would have saved me so much time in the future because then it's like now they understand. They have yeah. a very clear picture of what I'm looking for and they can feel confident taking that on themselves. You're so right. And I mean, that really hits home because I do think that a lot of leaders will go that route also mm -hmm. just because they want to protect. Yes. So boy, everybody in my team's stressed out right now. You know, I'm just going to do this because, you know, I just can't give one more thing. But in the end, you're right. It's completely taking away from that person's opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And then it's also cutting into your time, right? That idea of, well, now are you staying later in order to accomplish all these things? Are you working on the weekends? And that could eventually take a toll on your well-being and your productivity too. So yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, so having this conversation talking about how important it is to look for solutions to not be the fixer to engage our staff as well and thinking about you talking about noble leaders in the past for you that really um, saw your potential very early on and tried to foster that and make you feel confident in it what does being a noble leader mean to you now I think uh, really looking at someone who's who can listen mm -hmm. you know so listening to what people have to say, you know, reading uh, that emotion that's going on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a good leader will be able to, to pick up from their team when people are not responding. Yeah. And, and figure another way to engage with them. And not ignore it. Like, yes. I think so many leaders pick up on it and then just keep, keep trucking through. Yeah. And that can be so frustrating as oh, an individual. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's busy. So you, mm -hmm. a person could be thinking, I don't have time to deal with that. I'll yeah. come back to that. No, you can't you can't sit on those ones for too long. No. Um, I think another piece would be even the vulnerability piece. Again, I know there's a lot of talk about vulnerability out there, but I, I think it is so important. And when we think about, you know, going to a team where, you know, you're not appointed to that role or, or successful in that role because you are the expert. So mm -hmm. I think a leader can go a long way in, in conveying that. But then there's also a fine line because if I've, I've seen some individuals where they become a little too self-deprecatory mm -hmm. and then almost to the point where now people are questioning their ability to yes. do that. So you can't go too far the other way either. So it no. is really a balance. Yeah, I think there's value in sharing your personal challenges and experience to 
to remind people that, hey, you're human and we've all been there. But yeah, you're right. Not to be so self-deprecating that now people have completely lost confidence in you as a leader and don't feel comfortable turning to you if they need something because they think, oh, no, am I going to become one of those mistakes that they talk about in the future? Absolutely. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. I really appreciate this. And I appreciate how authentic you were and sharing your stories and your experiences. And I think the listeners are really going to grab some valuable pieces from that. Well, thanks, Sarah. It's always great chatting with you. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. This was another episode of Noble Leaders Having Noble Conversations. Oh.